Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the NFL Show Week 6 uh, Review Week 7 Preview Show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? What's going on, man? Happy to be back. I know we had to miss the last week, but, you know, we're back and better than ever. Did take my first fantasy loss this week to you, but uh, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Um, decent week on the books. Uh, like Jeremy just mentioned, I was, I was able to knock him off. Thankfully he's now five and one, uh, you're still in prime position, buddy. I don't think uh, you have anything to worry about. Um, but yeah, uh, I think our records from last week, I was nine and six. Jeremy was eight and seven. So both over 500. Um, it was looking like for a while there heading into, uh, like the 4 p.m. window and 8 p.m. primetime games on Sunday and Monday that maybe I could get 10, uh, 10 correct picks this week. But unfortunately, uh, the Philly or the, the Eagles Jets game was a shit show. The Buffalo versus uh, Giants game was a shit show. And then again, uh, the Chargers Cowboys game was a complete fucking shit show. So what are you going to do? That's primetime for you. It seems to be that. Uh, our sharpest picks come in the 1 p.m. window, but uh, hopefully we can buck that trend and we'll get a couple of decent enough primetime games moving forward. Because uh, at the minute right now, it just feels like you, if you roll the unders every week on primetime Sunday and Monday night, uh, you'd be a millionaire at this point. So, okay, um, let's move to uh, recaps. We had the, excuse me, Broncos taking on the Chiefs on Thursday night. Uh to be honest, uh, I was paying more attention to the Phillies at this point. I think this was the game that closed out the uh, Phillies-Braves-NLDS series, but I did go back and, and watch some of the highlights from this one. Ended 19-8 to in favor of the Chiefs. I believe the spread was was it, 10, was it 9.5 or 10.5? Uh, I know the Chiefs covered, but it's crazy that the line is so accurate every week. Um Russell Wilson had an absolutely horrific game. Mahomes and Kelsey linked up uh, many, many times. I think Kelsey had like 10 catches for 125 yards. He wasn't able to get in the end zone, but Kadarius Toney managed to do that. And honestly, the Chiefs just suffocated the Broncos on defense. They only scored eight points, and those eight points came uh, in the fourth quarter. Russ is certainly regressing through two picks in this one. The run game is just non-existent. Uh, Jerry Judy is a complete ghost. I mean, just doing absolutely nothing uh, downfield. And the Broncos, now sitting at 1-5, and five, look uh, look like they're in tank mode. Um, I know Russ is your, <laughs> your backup QB in fantasy. Uh, I, I mean, what do you think about the Broncos? This has got to be a full tank, right? Oh, yeah. At this point, just chalk it up. I mean, they're what one and five now mm-hmm. um they clearly don't have the weapons to perform it's weird they went from really good defense last year to terrible quarterback play to russell actually playing decent for the first five weeks of this season but their defense being terrible and then the one week their defense shows up he forgot how to play football again so yeah i think sean payton might just full tank um hope they don't fire him and then draft caleb williams yeah um and we should say on, on the chiefs you know it looks like they're still in first gear and they're five and one. Uh, the only game they've lost was the opening game uh, of the season against uh, against the Lions, who uh, are you know playing pretty well to be fair. Uh, 
Uh, and the Chiefs don't even look like they've left first gear. So they've got quite a ways to go this season, and I think we'll start to see them uh, elevate things as we move forward. Okay, up next, uh, we had the Ravens versus the Titans in London uh, at 9.30 on Sunday. Ravens win 24-16 to and improve to 4-2. and The Tennessee Titans now 2-4. and uh, Jeremy and I both sharp on this one. He had under 41 and a half. So you, you just hit that one, but was able to do it. And I had Ravens minus four. I expected the Ravens to come out and play well. And they did. This was more of a game management performance from Lamar. Uh, he did rush for 60 yards. So he had a decent enough day on the ground, but through the air, it was 21 for 30 with 223 yards, a TD and a pick. Andrews, Flowers, both of those guys had great games. A Flowers with his first NFL touchdown. Uh, nice to see after I traded him, of course. Uh, but the Titans are the team that I really want to talk about, and it, it comes down to Tannehill, who was injured slash pulled. I uh, was 8 for 16 with 76 yards and a pick. That is absolutely awful. Uh, Malik Willis came in. He was four for five with 74 yards through the air. Derrick Henry had a great game, 100 yards and a TD. Um, Tajay Spears did a majority of the work out of the backfield catching passes. They couldn't link up with the receivers whatsoever in this one. And they just kind of tried to pound the rock. But Henry only had 12 carries. So it, it's just a matter of time of possession. I feel like the Ravens had the ball for 80% of this game, honestly. Uh, and they just completely dominated the Titans, who people were kind of high on this week, considering Ravens' travel plans and when they were going to be there. Does Lamar travel? Yada yada yada. Uh, I thought this was a smash spot for the, excuse me, the Ravens, and uh, obviously uh, they got it done. Yeah, I uh, didn't catch a ton of this game. The whole uh, it sucked. Thing always throws me off if I'm not thinking about it the day before. Um, and I'm kind of glad I missed it based on the offensive performance the uh, Titans put up for when I was watching. But, I mean, the Ravens seem to be uh, chugging along pretty well now, which uh, is good because that uh, AFC North's looking a little tough this year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I believe they're at the top of the division, but um, it's there's a lot of teams that are fighting. And, I mean, we'll get to the the Browns who just beat the Niners. But, yeah, I think it's it's going to come down to the end there, no doubt about it. Uh, okay, Panthers 21, Dolphins 42. Despite ripping out to a 14-0 lead, uh, the Dolphins rally, scored three touchdowns in the second quarter, uh, and then add three more in the third and fourth quarters. Bryce Young looked pretty good, to be honest with you, in that first quarter. Uh, 217 yards and a touchdown for him. Chuba Hubbard got into the end zone on 19 carries for 90 yards. And then we had Adam Thielen go absolutely ballistic once more. He had 11 catches for 115 yards and a score. Uh, but the real story, of course, is the Dolphins' electric offense. Tua with 262 and three touchdowns. Raheem Mostert back as the bell cow now that uh, Mr. Devin Chan or A-Chain, however you want to say it, however he asked, I don't know. Uh, Mostert with two touchdowns and over 100 yards. Uh, and Tyree Kill, my newest fantasy player, 163 yards on six catches and a touchdown. Waddle got in. Mostert added another touchdown through the air. And this Dolphins offense just seems absolutely unstoppable. Uh, I don't think you can count them out of any game. To be fair, uh, they've only played you know one good team in the Bills. 
and their schedule does not get, you know, much easier than it's been. Um, but the Panthers look like shit. And I think everybody knew, uh, regardless of how the game started, the Dolphins would at least stay in it. Uh, they went ahead and covered and the over just absolutely smashed. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers stink. Yeah. Like you said, the Panthers were winning. Panthers were winning. We're up 14-0 against the Dolphins. That's the highlight of the year. All right. We were winning. We were beating the Dolphins at one point. Um, Bryce Young has looked better the last couple weeks, um, which is kind of good for our future. Uh, not really turning the ball over, throwing the ball downfield a little bit more. So that's kind of good. But yeah, the Dolphins, I mean, they're exciting to watch. Um, I'd like to see them against some more stiff competition. I got the yeah. uh, birds coming up uh, yep. this week, I believe. So the, that night. should be a, fun one, a good test for both teams. Yeah, I'm excited for that game. Um, I mean, I just, I don't see how the under hits in that one, <laughs> but I promise you it will. Um, if that line is set at anything more than 47 and a half, uh, and you say, you know, there's just no way the under hits, just fucking take it because it's going to happen. Um, okay, let's move on. Saints 13, Texans 20. Uh, one of the most enjoyable teams to watch this year, I think, is the Houston Texans. They're sitting at 3-3. Three and three. The Saints also now 3-3. Three and three, But, man, the Texans are fun to watch. C.J. Stroud finally threw his first NFL pick. But it was a great pick because they got the ball right back. Uh, it was picked and then fumbled and then recovered by, by the Texans. So, uh, no harm there. Had to get it out of the way. Now, uh, C.J. Stroud can be freed up. He threw two touchdown passes. Uh, the run game was was very, very poor in this one. Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary splitting carries, uh, which is just not what you want to see. I'm, I'm kind of out on Damian Pierce. I don't, I don't think uh, this team is going to win games by just running the ball down the gut. I think more of this uh, comes down to Dalton Schultz, Nico Collins, and even Tank Dell, uh, you know, down downfield. And honestly, it was Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz uh, that really kind of opened this game up for the Texans. Uh, 80 yards for Nico Collins on four catches, 61 yards for Dalton Schultz and a touchdown. Robert Woods got into the end zone as well uh, on a six-yard pass. But, I mean, I, I just think this defense is legitimate. I think Tomiko Rhines is a really good head coach. Um, obviously, he was a game wrecker back in the day. He, he knows uh, how to drill that defense, and it seems like he's doing that pretty well because the Saints were only really able to get it uh, into the end zone one time. And they looked really poor in the red zone. They kicked two field goals, but uh, Derek Carr did all this work, you know, 353 yards on a touchdown, uh, and they're only able to get 13 uh, points out of it. Alave had a good game. Uh, Kamara looks like he's lost a little bit of his pop, to be honest with you. Uh, I know you just traded him for somebody that has a ton of pop in Travis Etienne. I just, I'm not sold on the Saints. I don't think they're a good team. I don't think they'll be there at the end. The Texans just moved the needle a lot more for me. I think they're electric. Uh, and while they didn't score a ton of points, I, I do, I really enjoy watching this team every week. Yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud's been exciting. Mm -hmm. um, teams, I mean, so far to be what performing the best out of the rookie QB class. Now, AR was doing good, but he also couldn't play a full game ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're fun to watch. They're definitely overperforming from where people thought they were. And in my opinion, the Saints are kind of underperforming on the other side of the coin. I mean, coming into the year, if you had to pick a division winner, I'm sure 75% of people would pick the Saints because, I mean, the Bucks with Baker Mayfield doesn't sound all that intimidating. Yeah. But they've kind of been letting everyone down. Um, and like you said, Kamara, not, not as much juice in his legs, it looks like. I mean, he is still running pretty effectively, but not not the old AK we're used to, and it kind of sucks to see. Yeah, 
That's that's the truth. Um, I don't want to call him totally done yet. I don't want to say he's washed, but uh, he just he doesn't have that same uh, first step and and pop out. You know, after the cut, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see it, but uh, it's not looking great for for the Saints right now. Okay, Commanders twenty four, Falcons sixteen. Uh, another spot that I really like this week. Commanders plus two and a half. They went ahead and did it. Um, unfortunately, over was not able to cash for Jeremy. It was what do you have? Forty two and a half. You had the over. Uh, game settles at forty, and the Commanders absolutely dominated. Uh, story of the game is Desmond Ritter who threw three picks. Uh, they were unable to get Bijan just like involved whatsoever. Uh, 13 carries versus Algiers, 13 carries and Algier averaged more yardage on the ground. I, I, I'm just, the Falcons are fun to watch when they get the ball to Bijan and when they're able to link up with Drake London and, and they did, you know, they got London the ball a couple of times, <laughs> excuse me. And Ritter's making more passes, but the turnovers are really, really uh, frustrating to watch as, as somebody that kind of likes the Falcons. Uh, I don't think he's the future there. I think um, you can do all right if he's able to distribute the ball and he's getting Pitts more involved and Johnny Smith's been a nice safety blanket uh, and London obviously looks great, but they're not going to win a lot of games if they don't take care of the football and they're not doing that right now. Uh, on the other side, we had Sam Howell, who's another quarterback, uh, who's kind of th- you know prone to interceptions. Sam Howell with 151 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, as game management as it gets, um, Brian Robinson took care of the ball. They didn't do much on the ground. Um, Terry had a great game. He had 81 yards. Curtis Samuel uh, had for- 42 and a touchdown. Brian Robinson got in uh, to the end zone from the air. Same thing with Antonio Gibson. Uh, and that defense played really well. Benjamin St. Just... Uh, Jamin Davis and Kendall Fuller all had picks in this one. And really, the, the commanders just absolutely suffocated uh, the Falcons because they had the ball more. Uh, if 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 Mr. Desmond Ritter took a little bit better care of the football, I think the Falcons can definitely stay in this one and maybe even win it because I don't think the commander's offense was firing on all cylinders. Um, I don't know how you feel about Ritter and Howell, but... This was kind of a battle between two super mid quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. I remember last year you and I were both kind of screaming for the Falcons to give Ritter a chance. A chance, yeah. Um, which was fair at the time. I mean, Marcus Mariota clearly wasn't the answer either. Um, but I think it's becoming more and more apparent that Ritter's also not that guy. Sam Howell on the other end, like some weeks he looks really good. Some weeks he doesn't look as good i don't know if like it's just eric the enemy system that makes him look good some weeks but i'm not completely out on him yet i mean i think he's doing his job um and he definitely has more excitement in his game than desmond ritter brings yeah but yeah i mean that that was a bad loss for your falcons there i think they outgained the commanders by like 250 yards and to lose the football game i mean that's just that's just bad management yeah absolutely okay colts 20 jacksonville 37 uh, Jesus, man. This was another game where they just didn't take care of the football. Minshew threw for three picks. He also had 329 yards. Uh, Zach Moss got into the end zone. Jonathan Taylor only had eight rushes, which is troubling. Uh, he did save his fantasy day with five catches, uh, and one really long one. He had 46 through the air. Pittman continually looks very good no matter who's, uh, under center for the Colts. 
Uh, Kyle Granson's been a breakout star tight end for them. He's gotten involved in a majority of these games. Uh, Josh Downs got in. Uh, and then we had the Jags, who just they just ran it down uh, the Colts' throat. Uh, Etienne only had 55 yards, but he got into the end zone twice. Um, Dearness Johnson got, got some rushing yards in. Trevor Lawrence scrambled a couple times. Uh, and they've activated Christian Kirk, which has been... Uh, really quite something. Brenton Strange had a touchdown. Kirk had that touchdown at 50 yards. Um, Calvin Ridley, bit of a ghost recently, um, but the Jags scored so many points off of turnovers in this one. Uh, Brendan McManus was 3-for-3 three three on field goals. Uh, nice day for him, and honestly, the Colts just, just killed themselves by not taking care of the football and turning it over. That was kind of a theme uh, and this, you know, early window, I believe the Jags have not won a game in Jacksonville and I think it's six or seven years now, uh, 14 meetings. So that's pretty tough for the Colts. And I thought maybe they'd stay in this one. It was a revenge game for Gardner, but, uh, unfortunately Trevor Lawrence and his mob really just not even Lawrence, really just the defense, uh, were able, excuse me, to absolutely destroy the Colts. Yeah, Gardner did the old Desmond Ritter technique here and kind of was just giving the game away. Um, he didn't look great, but from a fantasy football perspective, yeah. Gardner Minshew being in there is going to pay dividends down the line for any uh, Colts wide receivers, whether that be Michael Pittman or Josh Downs. Yeah. So that's what I'm excited for because I do have Pittman in a few leagues. So that was my takeaway from that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Seahawks 13, Bengals 17. Bengals now 3-3, three and three. the Seahawks 3-2, and two. they've already had their bye. Uh, Geno Smith looked decent in this game. I think he looked better than Joe Burrow, to be honest, but the issue again was that he turned the ball over at the wrong time. Uh, two interceptions for Geno. Kenneth Walker, great day on the ground, 62 yards for a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Jackson Smith and Jigba shared the load on the receiving side. Uh, DK, a little bit upset that he wasn't getting the ball as much as he thought. Uh, he should 69 yards for him, uh, almost over a hundred for Lockett. He had 94 then in Jigba had 50, uh, Jake Bobo also broke out in this one and then got fucking killed, uh, at the end there, but, uh, decent game for the Seahawks through the air, just not enough points being scored. Uh, we had Joe Mixon who's been the bell cow, obviously there for a couple of years now. Uh, he does does not look great he got 12 carries but he only registered 40 yards um burrow had two touchdowns through the air tyler boyd being one of those guys and the other one being andre ioshevas who it was his it was his first nfl touchdown on his birthday uh burrow ran into the end zone to get the ball threw it to the sideline made sure uh that mr ioshevas could keep the ball which is which is nice um, and Burrow looks better. I mean, he's moving around. He he kind of can escape the pocket now. Uh, he scrambled a little bit. He only scrambled twice, but um, he's he's looking more healthy. What I'm worried about more so is the fact that they are just jamming the ball to Jamar Chase. Uh, he wasn't able to get in the end zone. He wasn't able to get over a hundred yards. He looked okay, and they got the game. You know, you know, they got the game finished. But it was kind of the defense that saved them. Uh, Taylor Britt had an interception. Mike Hilton had an interception and I'm still worried about the Bengals. I know this was a gotta have it. They needed to win this game. Um, but I'm still not sold. I think Burrow's got to really unlock something here because he does not look like the Joe Burrow of the past couple of years. 
Yeah, I agree 100% with everything you said there. I mean, their offense just hasn't been the Bengals' offense we know. And it starts with Joe Burrow, obviously, but it also goes on guys like Joe Mixon. I mean, Joe Mixon, who was an integral part of their offense the last three years, he hasn't done anything. I mean, he's averaging like probably less than three yards a carry, if I had to guess, um, on the season. He just He's allergic to the end zone. He can't score touchdowns. And then it's only Jamar Chase when the ball is in the air. I mean, Tyler Boyd had a bunch of receptions this week, but when you have, you know, five, six, seven receptions and you only get 25, 30 yards, you're not really doing anything. You're yep. just kind of standing near the line of scrimmage open. So, I mean, they just, like you said, they need to unlock something. They're just not, they're not pushing it the way they should. Yeah. Um, all right, Jeremy, tell us about uh, Vikings 19, Bears 13, your boy Justin Fields. Yes, RIP Justin Fields. Thank Don. I can stop starting him. I can stop starting him in fantasy. Yep. So, yeah, um, this was pretty ugly, which is kind of what we've come to expect from both quarterbacks in this game, both Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields. Um, but then they brought in Bagent, I think. Tyson, Tyson Bagent, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're, they had to bring in their back at one point, and he was terrible. Um, but, yeah, so for the Vikings, because we don't really need to talk about the Bears. They're kind of in shambles. Um, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins didn't really do a lot, 200 yards and a touchdown. Um, they continue to not be able to run the ball effectively. Alexander Madison all year has continued to churn the ball 15 yards or 15 times for like 30 yards. Yep. So, I mean, they brought in Cam Akers and he played like uh, seven snaps this weekend. So I don't really know what happened there. He's probably fighting teammates like he was at LA. Yeah. So they need to get something going on the ground to kind of open up that aerial raid for Kirk, especially now that JJ's gone um, for at least the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a little short on weapons. So, you know, getting anything going on the ground to open up those, uh, those passing lanes would be very beneficial. But if you're a TJ Hawkinson owner, this is good for you. He had the most targets on the game um, as well as the most receptions. And Jordan Addison owners were probably a little disappointed this week. Only five targets um, yeah. after you know, they talked him up this week. But that might change. You know, first week without JJ, they had to find, you know, what worked, what didn't work. But uh, they're going to need to start playing a little better offense moving forward. Yeah, and I mean, the Vikings are just absolutely frothing to get to 4-4 four and four so that they don't have to deal with the potential situation of Jettis sitting out more than he probably uh, needs to. We're, we're going to start to see that, I think, uh, become an issue with some of these players who are playing for contracts, uh, maybe aren't comfortable with the way that their team started, oh. then get a little bit banked up. You know, they're worried. Am I going to go out there and just get re injured? Am I going to go out there? Are they going to pay me uh, what I deserve? I mean, I don't think I don't think Jefferson really has to worry about that. He's going to get. Um, He's going to get the money that he deserves either way. Uh, we're kind of seeing that with Jamar Chase right now, too. Like, you, you never know uh, what the situation could be. But if 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 Jefferson wants to win, I don't think he's really going to be able to do it in Minnesota. So that's something to keep your eye on. I, I still think we're going to see him back uh, in the purple and gold. I'm, you know, I'm not totally worried, but uh, you got to hope that the Vikings can get, if you're a Vikings fan, that they can get to at least 500 um, cause then obviously there's a little bit more, um, motivation to, to get in there and, and, and do, you know, continue to play the season. It's a pretty weak division outside of the lions. I mean, the, the Packers are kind of frisky. Uh, the bears are dead. We know that. And then the Vikings are kind of looking dead at the minute, but I think based on schedule, it's possible that they can get back to four and four and then, uh, continue, you know, riding towards the end of the season, maybe get a wild card spot, something like that. Uh, okay, 
the next game we had the Niners Browns. I mean, this was we were just off, weren't we? We were just off. It was a ref show. It was bad. Uh, what do you think about this game? Because I, I the the, yeah. the the fumble, the fake fumble, whatever the fuck that was with with PJ Walker. I mean, that ruined my day. Yeah, I mean, this was Heartbreak City, man. Yeah, we thought we thought we had the mega lock whale play of the year here catching the line early. Um, it went all the way up to nine and a half. I know I got it at five and a half when we were talking about that. I'm sure you were in the round somewhere yeah. as well. And I mean, this seemed like a smash spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Niners versus no Deshaun, no Nick Chubb. I mean, this is, this is what dreams are made of here. Getting that line at five and a half. And then they fell flat on their face. I mean, Debo goes down with an injury. Ayuk forgot how to catch the ball the first half. That was was brutal. Yeah. um, Trent Williams was hurt at one point. Um, There was just a lot going on that couldn't, that just, it couldn't have went worse for us. I mean, Brock Purdy, uh, bad game from him, only 125 yards. CMC got hurt. I don't know how I forgot that. CMC got hurt, so then they ran like 15 other people with the ball. Just overall, not what we have come to expect from the Niners' offense. They struggled moving the ball downfield. And maybe that's a testament to the Browns' defense because the Browns have been playing bad offense all year, but they've been winning football games. So, I mean, their defense is clearly doing their job, and they're going to you know, be competitive in that AFC North just based on defense alone. But, yeah, I mean, this game, it it was just heartbreak of the week is really the only way to describe it. Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, they missed the kick at the end. They could have won the game. I don't really think that was going to help a lot of people because a lot of people had the spread. Uh, the Niners were the most bet on team of the week. We should have known better, honestly. Um, it was rainy. It was shitty. Uh, the Browns should not have won the game, but they did. And, you know, they're going to take it. They're At this point, based on what we saw uh, against the Niners high powered offense. I mean, this this might be the best defense in the league. It's it's definitely top three. Um, you know, maybe up there with the Jets and I don't know, the Niners themselves or, or the Eagles. It, it's it's easily top three. I'd probably put them over the Eagles, uh, and probably over the Niners as well. So um yeah, it, this is this is a tough one. Uh tough to stomach. We had the first half spread, we had regular spread uh that one was a a complete wash thankfully i didn't over leverage myself i knew there was potential for a trap uh and you know unfortunately it was a trap indeed okay moving on new england uh versus las vegas the pats fall to one and five they lose this one 17 to 21 to the raiders uh boy this game was stinky um we saw Jimmy Garoppolo get injured. He, before that, 162, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, Josh Jacobs got going. He had 77 yards on the ground. We had the emergence, the continued emergence of, of Michael Mayer, who is the uh, tight end, stud tight end for the Raiders. He had 75 yards uh, on five catches. Jacoby Myers had a touchdown, 61 yards on five. Devontae Adams not able to get going in this one. Really, really tough. Uh, but the Raiders defense played pretty well and they were able to cover the spread mac jones continues to look awful he had 200 yards and a an interception uh Ramondre stevenson got into the end zone zeke got into the end zone uh but that offense through the air just looks terrible it's so bad um this was the first time the Pats scored a touchdown in like three or four weeks i think they did score too so that's nice but um there was never really any doubt that the raiders were going to be able to pull this one out 
easy cover the spread that safety at the end was clutch um i had the raiders i just had them on the money line i was a little bit concerned as considering how how deep the pass got at the end but they weren't able to do anything with it and the raiders improved to three and three despite having a kind of stinky team with a really bad coach yeah i mean like you said this game did stink um it did go how we expected i mean the Patriots might be worse than the Panthers. Yes, the Patriots have a win, but I would go as far as to say if they played each other, I would pick the Panthers. Yeah. But um, their quarterback room is maybe the worst ever. Mac Jones is terrible. I was excited that we were maybe going to get to see Malik Cunningham, and then he came in for one play. (laughs) Um, That wasn't all that exciting. But from the Raiders' side, it is good to see this emergence of Michael Meyer because, I mean – Devontae continues to get doubled and triple teamed all game. And Jacoby Myers can only do so much. I mean, at the end of the day, Jacoby Myers has never been that guy. So for them to get like their new Darren Waller, Foster Moreau type of guy, I think will be beneficial for their, their offense here moving forward. Yeah. Um, okay. Lions 20 bucks, six bucks. Now three and two lions, five and one tied with the chiefs, the Eagles, the Niners for the best record in football. Um, golf, fantastic game, 353 and two touchdowns. Um, David Montgomery got hurt. They didn't really do much uh, on the ground except for Craig Reynolds, who delivered an unbelievable block to get Amon Ross St. Brown into the end zone. St. Brown went nuclear, 12 catches, 124 yards and a touchdown. Jamison Williams with a long touchdown as well. Defense played really well, uh, limited Tampa Bay and Baker to just two field goals on the day. Uh, Rashad White continues to not impress me whatsoever. Um, the offense, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both had decent games, same as Trey Palmer, but uh, they just they had a really tough time against this Lions defense. And I mean, these guys, you know, Alex Anzalone and um, Aiden Hutchinson are just complete uh, fucking game records and those guys are going to cause issues for teams uh for the entire season as long as there's no injuries this is exactly what i thought would happen i didn't think it'd be super high scoring i think we were both on the lions we we respect jared goff uh they go out there they get the job done wasn't really sweating this one at all lions took an early lead and were able to kind of just sit on it yeah i mean speaking of jared goff he for the last Two years, pretty much at this point, has been playing like an unbelievable quarterback. Yeah. I mean, when he was on the Rams, he was average at best. He was kind of just like the game manager, um, you know, just kind of ran McVay's offense and they ran the ball and Cooper Cup did everything and they just kind of won, won a bunch of games that way. Yep. But I mean, he looked really good in this like West Coast style spread offense that the Lions like to do with Amon Ra out wide and Khalif Raymond and anyone else that they just find to throw out there that somehow is always open. Um, so their offense looks really good. It does suck to lose Demont, but it seems like no matter who they put back there at running back, they get yards. I mean, every time Jameer Gibbs touched the ball when he was playing, um, he gets a bunch of yards. Demont was cooking. So, I mean, maybe Craig Reynolds will have success this week if Jameer doesn't come back. But, I mean, they look good, and they're they're performing better than I thought. I mean, everyone was really high on them coming into the year. I thought they were probably just a little better than 500, but that's clearly not the case at this point. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on. Cards 9, Rams 26. Uh, despite taking an early lead, the Cardinals fall uh, at SoFi. They're now 1-5. The Rams are 3-3. Three and three. The Rams kind of stink. Like, I can't tell if they're really good or not good at all 
Um, this was like a late, you know, second half explosion. They scored 20 points in the third and fourth quarter, uh, cover the spread, but they looked really bad at the start. I mean, Josh Dobbs is an unbelievable first half quarterback. Um, it was nine, six of the half in favor of the, uh, Cardinals. Josh Dobbs had two thirty-five and a pick. Um, he had 50 yards rushing. Uh, he got the ball to his receivers as much as he could. Michael Wilson and Trey McBride uh, both had 62 yards. We're not seeing a ton out of Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz. I mean, Marquise Brown's had a couple of decent weeks, but overall, I mean, I'm, I'm not worried about him. Um, Stafford, game management, 226 in the touchdown. Kyron Williams was the real story in the second half. He had 160 yards on 20 carries and a score. Cooper Cup went over 150. He had seven catches and a touchdown. Uh, Puka and Tutu, not necessarily as uh, pop-out star as we probably uh, expected a couple of weeks ago. The defense played much better in the second half, and I can't tell if the Cardinals are getting out to early leads and throwing the games or if they just genuinely aren't good in the second half. I, I'm not sure what's going on. Their only win is against the Cowboys, but they are frisky and then also dog shit. They let teams cover like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not worried about them whatsoever. They're not going to sneak into the playoffs. You know, nothing like that. NFC West is pretty much wrapped up either the Rams or, or the Seahawks. Um, but yeah, what a, what a weird, weird game. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's almost like the Cardinals want to show everyone that, Hey, we're not that bad in the first half, but we are going to lose anyways. Cause we want better draft picks. Um, Cause they have been playing well. Um, and like you said, Josh Dobbs, first, first half quarterback. I mean, he's been cooking, uh, but for the Rams kind of hurts. They lost Kyron. So many running back injuries, yeah. um, which sucks for them. I wasn't, I wasn't a huge Kyron guy to begin with, but I mean, he looked really good this week. So, I mean, like he looked a lot more explosive hitting his gaps better. So that kind of sucks to lose him. Um, but for the Rams, it is back to the Cooper cup show. Uh, Puka still did have like seven targets. He happened to drop a touchdown, a little like half dive, half yep. slide. He dropped, and then Tyler Higby dropped a wide open touchdown as well. So that could have made the score look a lot better. But just from like you said, from a well rounded standpoint, like it's hard to tell if the Rams are here to compete or if they're just going to kind of be like mid all year. Yeah. Um, okay. On to the next Eagles 14, Jets 20. The Eagles lose. In a late thriller uh, against the Jets. Jets now three and three. Somehow or another, Eagles five and one. No more undefeated teams. Um, bad, 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 bad game from Jalen Hurts. Three interceptions. I mean, he looked all right for a majority of the game, but when it came down to it, he just wasn't able to get it done. Um, linked up with AJ Brown for 131 yards. Defense didn't play that great in this one. Uh, we saw Lane Johnson get hurt as well, which is a huge loss. Um, and then the Jets just did what they could, man. Um, Brees Hall got into the end zone. Um, they had some, you know, turnovers that led to points. Uh, they scored eight points in the fourth quarter. And the Eagles, despite getting off to a hot start and leading at halftime, just couldn't get it done. I mean, this is this one all kind of falls on Jalen Hurts. Uh, really tough to see. He got into the end zone. Swift got into the end zone. But... Um, you can't lose this this kind of game. I mean, they were in they were in the driver's seat and they turned the ball over too many times and lose the game. This is this is tough. This should have been uh, an easy win for the Eagles and they give one away. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure uh, Eagles fans were happy coming into the game, seeing they were the uh, last undefeated team. They're like, yeah. "Hey, we're gonna 
we're going to whoop up on the Jets and we'll finish the week as the last undefeated team. And it looked like it was heading that way. And then, they, like you said, they fell on their face. I mean, Jalen Hurts, costly turnover, um, two costly turnovers in that second half. And just not not what Philly fans have come to expect from him. I mean, he's looked a lot better the last couple of years. I still think he's a good quarterback. But, yeah. I mean, this week was just something. They, gotta, they just got to forget about it and move on because, I mean, they still have one of the best teams in the NFL, hands down. Yeah. Okay. Giants 9, Bills 14. What do you think of this one? Uh, I thought this game stank to watch. Yeah, it was um, terrible. That's what I really thought. But, um, yeah, I mean, tough defensive battle, which I didn't come to expect from the Giants' defense. Um, Bill's defense, we know, is always pretty good. But from the Giants' standpoint, I did not expect them to play so well. Um, the Giants kind of got robbed. That last play of the game, there was definitely P.I. again. Um, I don't. I think the ref just didn't want to call P.I. on the in the end zone twice yeah. in a row. So that was interesting. I mean, the Giants could have very well walked away with a win here, and the Bills would be three and three, and they would not be happy. And I think the Bills deserve to be three and three with the way they played against the Giants. So the Giants should have got that win, but they snuck it out. Not not a ton statistic wise from either team. It was nice to see Saquon come back and get a full load of carries. He had twenty four carries and probably a few receptions as well. So that was good to see. But from the Bills. It was kind of like the Eagles. They just kind of like fell flat on their face this week. Um, they did sneak away with a win, but I mean, this is the game they're going to want to forget about and, you know, focus on next week and getting back and better. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the final game of the week. I mean, this was just another absolutely awful game. Cowboys 20, Chargers 17, Chargers now 2 and 3. Cowboys improved to 4 and 2. <laughs> Excuse me. Dak with a great game. Um, you know, for Dak standards, 272 and a touchdown. No. Hicks, that's good stuff. Uh, he rushed for 40 yards on the ground and had a touchdown there as well, and Brandon Cooks got into the end zone. Uh, he was on Jeremy's bench, I believe. Uh, C.D. Lamb, seven catches for 117 yards. After Jerry said they wanted to get uh, the tight ends more involved, they did the exact opposite. Uh, C.D. was the guy that got a majority of the carries. Tony Pollard had 80 yards through the air, um, which was kind of nice to see him get involved through the air because his run... Uh, game has just not been great this year. And then on the Chargers side, uh, we had Herbert with 227, two TDs and an interception. Uh, Eckler struggled on the ground after being out uh, with an injury for four weeks, uh, 27 yards on 14 carries. Keenan had a nice game. Gerald Everett uh, got into the end zone as well. But overall, the Chargers are looking uh, kind of bleak. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it feels like every year we come in and we think they're going to be good and they're finally going to turn it around. I mean, when you think about their team, just from an outside standpoint, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, obviously no Mike Will at the moment, but they spent their first-round draft pick on a wide receiver. They got Austin Eckler, um, and they just continue to find ways not to get it done. I mean, at this point, it's pretty hard to chalk it up as anything other than a lack of good coaching because the weapons are there, and we've seen it for years now that it doesn't work out. So. I don't know. I think Staley needs to be on the hot seat and he needs to probably get out of town if they want to turn this franchise around and not waste Herbert's career for the next five, six, seven years. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, okay, let's jump to picks. I will give you the first pick because somebody is calling my name downstairs. Um, let's start with Jacksonville versus New Orleans. I'll be right back. All right. Hi. We'll kick us off with Jacksonville, New Orleans here. Just pulling up some lines, taking a look here. So we got Jacksonville at New Orleans. 
Thursday, 815 Saints, one and a half point favorites, uh, minus 112 on the money line. Totals at 39 and a half. Saints being favorites is a little weird, in my opinion, um, especially based on how both teams are playing. I am going to go, I think I'm just going to straight up go Jags money line on Thursday, get them at minus 104. You might be able to find them plus money somewhere, but um, we're going to go with minus 104 here while we wait for Evan to get back. And then while we wait for Evan, I'll preview the second game here. We have the Raiders-Bears kicking off the 1 p.m. slate on Sunday. Bears are three-point underdogs at home. Um, as well as plus 132 on the money line, and that total is at 37.5. So in that game, I this one's tough. Bears may have Jay Fields. They may not have Jay Fields. The Raiders may have Jimmy Garoppolo. They may not have Jimmy Garoppolo. I think there's a better chance of Jimmy G playing than Justin Fields this week, so I am inclined to go with the Raiders minus three here to kick off the Sunday slate as well. All right. So I have your second pick. We have Raiders minus three. And what do you have in the first game? Sorry about that. Nope, that is all right. I took the Jags money line. I was a little confused as to why they're the underdogs. Um, not that either team is necessarily impressing, but the Saints just look way worse in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Um, strangely enough, I'm actually going to rock with the same uh, two picks. I mean, I just don't see, uh, to be honest with you, how I I don't understand how either of these teams, those lines are the way that they are. The Bears are terrible. Uh, the Saints are not moving the needle for me. So I'm going to go with Jags money line and Raiders minus three as well. Um, the next game, Detroit versus Baltimore. The Lions currently a three point dog against the Ravens. Uh, over under set at 42 and a half lines plus 132 on the money line. I will be hammering the Detroit Lions on the money line. I think they could actually win this game by a field goal. Um, I like Lions minus two and a half, to be honest with you. You're going to get some great value on that. That's going to be closer uh, to plus 200 if you guys are interested in moving that line. Uh, I'm sure people are going to be all over the Lions, which is a little bit frightening, but. I think the Lions win that game outright. Uh, how do you feel about that? <clears throat> yeah, I agree. This spreads another one that's interesting. It's like, what do they know that we don't? Just because yeah. the Lions have won, the Ravens have kind of been up and down all year and struggled to run the ball, which has been their identity for you know the last four years, however long Lamar's been there. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Lions plus three here. Just God forbid the Ravens win and everyone and their brothers on the Lions. So yeah. I'm going to go to the Lions plus three and maybe take a push. Or, I mean, hopefully they win outright because they do have the better team at the moment for sure. All right. Um, up next, Cleveland versus Indy. The Browns are a one-and-a-half-point favorite going to Indianapolis. They're minus 126 on the money line. Over-under set at 39-and-a-half. Um, I will take Browns minus one-and-a-half. I think this uh, they win this game. I think they could win this game by touchdown. Uh, Colts not looking super threatening. Oh, the the over is kind of compelling, especially if Deshaun is back. But I think I'll just stick with Browns minus one and a half. I'm also gonna stick with the Browns here. Um, and I'm probably gonna get that in before they decide Deshaun's coming back. Yeah, just in case the line does move a little bit. But I mean, after watching Minshew throw three picks last week, um, and the Colts struggle a little bit, I can't see their offense going. 
going well against the Browns defense, especially after how we just talked about how that team's compliant. So, yeah, I'm in on the Browns as well. Okay. Uh, and then we have the Washington Commanders versus the New York Giants. The Commanders are currently a two-point favorite heading to MetLife. They're minus 126 on the money line, and the over-under set at 39.5. Jeremy, your pick. How do you feel? Yeah, I'm just going to go with the over here. Um, I think the Giants' defense way overperformed last week, um, and the Commies' defense has not been great this year either. And I think both teams have enough firepower to put up 20, 25 points, especially you know in these uh, NFC East matchups that always seem to be close. I mean, we just watched the Commanders, what was that, two weeks ago, maybe three at this point, play the Eagles to like a 34-31 loss, I believe was the final score. Yep. So I'm going to go with the over at 39.5 here. Uh, I think the Giants win this game. Uh, I don't know what's telling me that, uh, but I, I have a strange feeling that a lot of the money will be on the commanders uh, because the Giants have looked so bad. But the offensive line actually got some blocking in for Saquon last week. I think there's potential that he goes ballistic in this one. I mean, he looked like he didn't miss a step, to be honest. He looked great in the second half. Um, I think this is a huge letdown spot for the Commanders. I think the Giants win the game outright, uh, but I'll stick with Giants plus two. Okay, uh, we got Raiders-Bears. We will move to Buffalo versus New England. The Bills currently an eight-and-a-half point favorite heading to Foxborough. Over-under set at 41-and-a-half. Um, I believe this is my pick. I will take Bills minus eight and a half. I think they win this game by uh, two scores at least. Uh, so I will take uh, the Bills eight and a half. Yep. I'm going to keep it simple. Just like you, I'm going Bills minus eight and a half. I'm going to keep fading the Patriots until they show me that they have some semblance of an offensive identity. Yep. Um, and I don't think the Bills is the team where you establish that offensive identity. So give me the Bills minus eight and a half. This is going to be 14 plus, no problem. Yeah. Okay. Falcons, Bucks up next. Falcons, a two and a half point dog at Tampa Bay. They're plus 122 on the money line. Over under set at 38 and a half. Uh, man, I love this spot. Jeremy, who do you have here? Oh, man. You're going you're gonna to get active with the Falcons, it feels like. Um, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I kind of want to get these totals this week seem yeah, a little low. low on some of them. But maybe they know something I don't. I don't know. I think, I think I'm think i I'm hesitant to do it. I'm just going to go with the box. Give me the box money line. Um, the, I don't know. Arthur Smith, it's just, I don't, I can't, I can't stand his brand of football. I can't stand what they they do on offense. Um, so I'm going to go with the box, although I do like this total and I know that's where you're headed here. Yeah, I have over 38 and a half total. That line seems way too low for me. Um, the Falcons played like shit last week, still put a bunch of points on the board. Uh, I think if they're able to do that again, they could at least score 25 points. And I think the Bucks are good for 20 by themselves. Uh, this could go over 45, honestly, in my opinion. Both of these defenses are okay, um, but I still think the over is a smash spot here. I like the Falcons to win the game outright, too. Uh, I'm not going to get involved with that because they've kind of burned me a couple times already. Uh, so I'll take over 38.5, and, and Jeremy's going to go with the Bucks money line. 
The next game, uh, Pittsburgh versus LA. Rams currently a three point dog at or three point favorite at SoFi. Uh, Steelers plus one forty on the money line. Over under set at forty three and a half. The Steelers cannot score offensive points. Uh, I think it's it's a huge issue that they're facing. I don't know how the Rams are only minus three. I know they're going to be without Kyron Williams. I don't care. I'm taking Rams minus three. Uh, I think it's low scoring, but I think the Rams are able to uh, cover the spread. Yeah, I think the Rams won as well, but I'm going to go with the under 43.5 here. Like you said, Steelers struggle to score points, and the Rams' defensive front, led by Aaron Donald, is pretty good, so I think they're going to be held to probably single-digit points, 10 at best. Yep. Um, so I'm going to go with the under here. Okay. Um, Cardinals, Seahawks, up next. Uh, Cardinals currently a 7.5-point dog going to Seattle uh, to play at Lumen Field. Cardinals plus 300 on the money line, over under set at 44 and a half. Jeremy, where are you? I'm going with the Cardinals seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've played a lot of close football games this year. The Seahawks haven't necessarily impressed me. Um, so I think a division division matchup here, I could see it. I could see it being pretty close. So I'm going to go with the, the Cardinals plus seven and a half here. Yeah, I am going to go with the over 44.5 total. I think, like you said, this is a close game. Plus 7.5 is a great line if you want to take the cards. The odds are pretty decent, too. Uh, so they're expecting the Seahawks to come out and really win this game. But I, I think this game could go over. I think the Seahawks have showed us uh, you know, plenty of, of offensive firepower. And then on the Cardinals side, I mean, those guys can score points too. We saw what they did against the Cowboys. I think it's totally possible they do that again. Uh, I'll stick with the over, but I I do like Cardinals plus seven and a half. I think that's a sharp bet. Um. Okay. Up next, Los Angeles Chargers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers are currently a five and a half point dog going to Arrowhead. It's a four thirty game. Chargers plus one ninety four on the money line. Over under set at forty seven and a half. Um, I'm taking the fucking under. I'm going to hammer the under at 47 and a half. Uh, both of these teams, I don't think are out of first gear yet. Chiefs haven't impressed me all that much. Chargers really not impressing me at all. To be honest, uh, I don't think they cover. I think the chiefs win this game and they probably win it by a touchdown, but I'll stick with the under. I think everybody's going to expect this to be a shootout. And I bet you it isn't. I was, I was leaning that same direction. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm, I'm just going to get involved with it. Yeah. I'm going to go with the under 47 and a half here. Um, like you said on paper, this feels like one of those matchups where everyone's like, Ooh, we're going to get a bunch of points and then we're yeah. going to watch it and we're all going to be disappointed. So I'm going to go with under 47 and a half as well. Beautiful. Uh, Packers Broncos up next Packers, a one and a half point favorite against Denver, uh, at mile high Packers minus 119 on the money line coming off the buy over under set at 45 under speaking to me, but Jeremy, who do you have? That is a good spot to grab the under, I feel like. Um, but I'm going to go with the Packers here. Like you said, coming off a bye, uh, they should be pretty healthy. Aaron Jones uh, is coming back, I believe. Christian Watson got to play his two games after injury and rest up a little, so he should be nice and healthy. Uh, the Broncos are what feels like tanking, and the Packers, on the other hand, are still here to compete. They want to see what they got. So I'm going to go with the Packers here, uh, money line minus 118. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, you can pencil me in for the Packers money line as well. I think they win this game outright. Um, just a terrible, terrible Broncos team, and I can't see them doing anything besides starting to pack it in and tank. So I'll go with the Packers. They honestly need to get a win here uh, to compete in that division or at least try and stay competitive in the wild card. Uh, I'll take Packers money line as well. Then we have the Dolphins versus the Eagles. 
on Sunday night football. Over under set at 51 and a half. Uh, Dolphins two point dogs uh, plus 114 on the money line. You can give me the under here too. Uh, it's a Sunday night game. Everybody's going to expect a shit ton of points. I think Hertz is going to be in his bag. I think he's going to play well, but I don't think this is. Uh, I don't think this is as crazy of a game as everybody's expecting. Uh, tough as a fantasy owner to know that this game is going to go under. I I do. I know. I already feel it. Um, but you know, I'll uh, I'll go with under fifty one and a half in this one. Yeah. I like that spot. We've seen that the Dolphins can kind of get stymied a little bit if they play a really good defense. We saw it against the Bills, um, so that could be the case again. Um, but it is hard to fade the Dolphins, especially at plus money ever. So I think I'm just going to stay away from the total or the uh, money line and the spread, and I'm going to go with the total as well. And I'm going to get under 51 and a half. Yeah, I just I don't know the the primetime games aren't hitting like they usually do. So we'll take the under. Uh, then we have the Niners versus the Vikings on Monday Night Football. Niners currently a seven-point uh, favorite in Minnesota, over-under set at 44. This is a stay-away game for me. I actually hate it, uh, and I think it's your pick. So where are you? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Niners, minus seven. Um, there's not a single player on the Vikings offense that's better than who will be covering them on defense. Um, and there's not a single Vikings defensive player that matches up well with the Niners offense because the Vikings defense just isn't good in general. So I'm going to go with the Niners, minus seven. I don't, I don't think they fall flat on their face two weeks in a row. That seems very unlikely. Yeah, I think I'm going to... I really don't like this game. Like, I, I wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't put it in a parlay. I, something stinks about it. I don't like the line. Uh, if it was Niners five and a half, maybe I'd consider it. But this spread already seems too big, uh, in my opinion, uh, for the Niners, especially considering they may be without Debo. They may be without CMC. Uh, we haven't heard about the oblique injury yet. I mean, we know it's an oblique injury, but we don't know what grade it is, uh, if it's a sprain, if the cartilage is damaged. Um. Wow, this is the worst game of the week. I don't even want to make a pick. Uh, I will take Niners first half spread minus nine and a half. Uh, we'll go back to the well. It burned me last week, but maybe they'll get out to an early lead. I mean, Purdy's going to have something to prove after the way he played last week. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Niners minus three and a half first spread and then that's all the games that we have but what is your lock of the week jeremy oh lock of the week i am gonna get involved in a game between two bad teams here okay. um i'm oh actually i'm putting together a little parlay this week for the lock of the week because right. i haven't done that this year and you've been doing it every week so i'm gonna get active here yeah we are going to start it off with the um, Raiders money line, and we are going to be parlaying that with another 1 p.m. team. We're going with the Browns money line. Okay. So just four bad teams playing each other, but I think we got the two correct. All right. I am going to take... I'm also going to parlay it. Of course I am. Uh, I will take... This is three teams. Lions money line. Um... The Rams minus three and the, where is it? I lost it. Packers money line. 
So let me throw them into a slip and see what that looks like. Um, my Fandle is bugging, which is great. Here we are. Lions money line at plus 132. The Rams minus three. Uh, which I can't find, and the Packers money line adds up to plus 718. A $10 bet would win you 71.83. Me personally, I will be putting a 25 clip on this to win 180. I absolutely love it, and I think we're due for a good week here, even though a lot of these picks are kind of similar. I agree. Um, it felt like last week was Vegas's let's get a bunch of money back week. Yeah. Um, especially that Niners line. So I think I think we could. Hit a good bounce back this week. If you pick your spots, you play it right, and you don't over leverage on any singular bet. So I think we're in a good spot here to, you know, yeah. win a bunch of win a bunch of games and make some money. I mean, we did go positive again last week, but uh, I think this this week we'll feel a lot a lot more confident heading into the slate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, guys, thank you for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post Twenty Pod. You can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify and apple podcasts we appreciate it hopefully your teams are doing all right hopefully you get a win this week uh until then we will talk to you next week